all that he's done for us. Amen. Hallelujah. He deserves a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's my privilege to be able to speak today. I hope it's going to go all right with this arm. I'm hanging on to the microphone. But, um, yep, we'll give it our best shot. I want to um, talk today about the thread of healing and pulling it together. And I love the choice of songs today. I'm not sure who chose them, uh, whether they read my notes. But just to see how it all dovetails in about Jesus being the center, how Jesus is pulling us closer and closer. He's holding us with his hand. And I want to talk about threads today. And um, I'm not much of a sower. Maybe I could have been a better sower, but I used to manifest when I sowed because if it didn't go perfectly, first time it was like, no. But if I'd learned that unpicking was part of the trade or the um, part of the, you know, the mission of sowing, I might have done better. But I think I was impatient, and if it went wrong, it went wrong, and then I couldn't be bothered. So I'm talking about threads today, and um, I've often said that God is always knitting behind our back. Um, and we have experienced that in our life. We've been around a little while, and um, it's just God loops and links and connects us with people all the time, all around the world, who have similar vision. And I'm sure that's the case with you as well, that God is always in the business of pulling threads together, pulling forth his design, his pattern, what he wants to see happen. And when we look at shout, we see how God has linked and looped people together how he's woven their lives as we come together nationally and internationally to be able to perform a great mission and serve the mission that God has placed on our hearts. It's phenomenal. I just totally love it and go like, God, we could not orchestrate this. God, we couldn't have even planned it. But you've just linked hearts with common purpose and caused our our lives to meet and to coincide and connect, collide with. When we went to Israel last year, we went to see the Holy Land. We went to see uh, the things we've read about, we know through Scripture. But it was no sooner that we set foot in Tel Aviv, that purpose found us. It's like it came to meet us. There was a link in the Spirit even with someone who we'd known years and years ago. And God is knitting that. God is bringing that together. And God has so much more. And often we don't realize or we don't recognize what he's doing, that he's got a thread. Even you being here, he's got a thread. He's bringing it together. He's working on a fine tapestry so you and I can fulfill his amazing purposes, his amazing plan, and I love it, and I'm grateful to God. You know, we've got our feet on the ground. We're very ordinary people, all of us, but we want to live in the realm of the Spirit where we see God moving, God doing more than we could even ask, 
think or major. But today I want to talk about threads, and God gave me this message a few weeks ago, in a different context. And I want to talk about threads in the context of healing. We all need healing. And the song Healer, Mender, did you know, Pollyanna, that what my message was? is all about Jesus carrying an anointing of healing. That there is a scripture, and I call it the mending anointing, through the scripture of Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3. So we'll look at that. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So it's evident who's done the work in our lives. You know, God wants to soothe. God wants to mend. God wants to pull together wounds that are gaping. And there are many people in life who have wounds that have never been healed that are gaping and they're living out of that place. But you and I carry a mending anointing because the spirit of the Lord is upon us. God wants to pull wounds together that they no longer hurt, that they no longer are the greatest manifestation of our life, but the flow of healing is within our lives. You know, there are wounds that are not healed in people's lives that keep on bleeding. And God wants to put a tourniquet on things. He wants to come and pour in his oil. He wants to soothe and smooth. He wants to pull those threads together that that which is broken, that which is torn, that which is apart can come together in the name of Jesus. Here's um, something we uh, share in Mind Your Marriage. You know, it's like, if you get a splinter in your finger, have you ever had a splinter in your finger? It hurts. And Bruce is great at digging them out. He just wants to get a needle and dig it out. And I'm like, no, don't touch it. (laughs) Because sometimes you'd rather hold on to the pain and hope it just sort of somehow heals itself. But you've got to take those splinters out. But if we don't, they can get infected, they can pulsate, they can hurt, And if somebody knocks them, we cry out with pain, you hurt me. But it actually wasn't the other person who hurt you. It was the splinter in your finger that you didn't address. And God wants us to address things. Yes, we've got faith, and I'm going to talk about faith. I'm a faith person. But sometimes we've got to let God come into those areas that are not mended, that are not soothed, that are not healed, and address those splinters of belief or lies in our life. You know, we want to minister. We want to draw in. But unless we know a level of healing in ourselves, how are we going to minister that spirit of healing, that mending, that drawing, if we don't know it in our own lives? So let's not be surface, but let's find the healing we need. God's so willing. We're the ones that can hinder it because we don't want to listen. 
We won't, don't want to create space or we don't want to slow down for God to do surgery, to, for God to do a procedure on us that rids us of the things that could poison our systems, poison our relationships, you know, cause us to default to the wrong things. So why do we need healing? Because there's pain in life. And just this week, I buried my mom, and that's a, that was painful. She lived a great life to 91. We know it was good ti um, timing. It was her time. We saw the hand of God, but there's a big gap in our life. There's a pain in saying goodbye. There's a pain when loved ones depart. But we have hope in Jesus Christ, and we've got the comfort of the Holy Spirit to help us pull it together at times like this, to keep our hope alive in him. You know, trouble, trouble comes. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Do you know there's no such thing as a trouble-free life? Sometimes people start their Christian journey and think I'm not gonna have any trouble. You know, there's nothing gonna happen to me that's trouble. But Jesus said, I can give you peace in the trouble. You can find a place to live from in John 14, verse one to four. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. God is, and Jesus has gone to prepare a place for eternity, for us, but I believe he prepares a place for us right now, a place where we can live out of the grace of God, the enabling of God, the strength of God, the love of God. He said, I go to prepare a place. Let not your hearts be troubled. Whatever you're going through today, God has a place for you. He's got a place where you can dwell with him that you can live out of, a place of security, a place of rest, place of peace where you can maintain wholeness and make healthy choices instead of defaulting to things that are not healthy. Psalm 46 verse one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He is with you. And so sometimes we see things stir up in our life. There's expressions like troubled waters. Have you heard about that? There's a bridge over troubled waters. You know, the waters whip up, there's storms, there's chaos. That just happens in life. But when we've got Jesus as the captain of our ship, he will help us navigate through those waters and come right through to the other side. Maybe it's like flying. Aeroplanes hit weather systems that are not conducive to smooth, a smooth flight. You know, there's turbulence. You know, there's systems, weather systems that are contrary. But a pilot will rely on their instruments. And you know, Jesus is our pilot and he's given us instruments. He's given us the word of God 
That's a place, and I can testify that that's a place where I live from. The Word of God is alive and living and powerful for us to break through and to see His purposes come to pass. So today, trouble is inevitable. We don't look for trouble, (laughs) but trouble sometimes happens, unexpected. But Jesus is with us, and He's promised us to give us a place. You know, we're on a journey We're on a journey from being a victim. You may not feel like a victim, but in some areas you might, like, I'm sinking, I'm drowning, I'm under whatever the trouble is, I I feel like I'm not coping. But Jesus has us on a journey where we go from victim to surviving. I found a truth, and I'm holding on to that truth. And as I hold on to that truth, I get my head above the water, I'm surviving, that's awesome. But then he wants us to move on from just surviving to being an overcomer, that I never let go. I never let go of the truth God's given me, I never. My Bible's like a diary, that's when God spoke to me, that's when he lifted me, that's when he helped me get my head above the water. But I've also got a free hand to reach out and help other people because I'm an overcomer. I can hold on to what God has given me and then I can reach out and help someone else with the truth that I've learned. You know, you can see I've got a broken arm. I didn't do it by doing anything spectacular. I did it before we went to Queenstown. And when we exited Queenstown, there was a lot of people that looked like me in the airport. But they'd done it through great exploits, probably ski jumps and things like that, and going over the mountain. I fell over in the car park at Gladding Place. (laughs) I was so pleased nobody saw me. (laughs) But you know, I went went to the A&E, Bruce took me to A&E, and they just said, have you taken painkillers? And I went, no. I hadn't even thought about taking painkillers. And they just said, you're amazing because your hand's pretty damaged, you've done a great job of it, it's broken and compressed. And then I, um, this is bragging on myself, I had my arm (laughs) put in a temporary cast and they went like, you're amazing, you know, because I was fine. And the doctor said, do you want some stronger medication? I went, I'm fine, I'm absolutely fine. But then they said, you're gonna go to the hospital and it's going to be um, manipulated and pulled. And I went, I'm not so brave now. I'm scared, (laughs) I'm scared of this procedure. It sounds like it's really, really gonna be painful. But with a bit of laughing gas and a bit of (laughs) local anesthetic, I was absolutely fine. The discomfort came later on. But you know, sometimes God wants to pull something in our lives And the prospect of more pain, on top of the pain, we resist it. But the result on the other side will be something that will be functional, that will be healed, that will be mended, that will be whole, that will give you the opportunity to minister to many other people. So we can see trouble can come from without. It comes unexpectedly. We use the term curveballs. Sometimes come our way, trouble can hit us unexpectedly, maybe unforeseen circumstances, but God wants to help us and he wants to put a stitch in. Today, God's gonna put a stitch in some people's hearts because there's a a gaping, there's a wound. You know, there's a default setting that's not true and God says, I wanna get that out 
and I want to put a stitch and I want to pull you together so that you won't unravel. You won't fall apart, but you'll know the mending of Jesus. So the alternative is to live at the level of our brokenness. And brokenness affects every aspect of our life, relationally, emotionally, and physically. So we can see trouble can come from without, but also we can bring trouble, hopefully not, upon ourselves. In the Old Testament, there was a man who by his actions brought trouble on a whole nation. A whole valley was named trouble. That was the valley of Achor as a consequence of the trouble which the sin of Achan caused Israel. He caused them to lose a battle that they should have won. But because he was deceitful, because he had touched what God didn't want him to touch, because there was an area of greed in his heart, he troubled a whole nation. Israel was in a whole lot of trouble because of the sin of one man who had touched and taken the accursed things that they'd been told not to. He'd brought despair and he'd brought grief. I'm not sure about you, but connectedness is one of my um, strengths and strength finders. And I'm conscious of how I live my life affects someone else. I live with a sense of connection. It's not about me. It's not about what I do to please me, but it's what I do before God can affect a generation to come. And what I do wrong before God can affect a generation, I live connected. And we need to live about connect, uh, with connectedness in our heart. What Achan did was to fail what God had told him he shouldn't do, or he didn't do what he was supposed to do, and he brought trouble to the whole valley. And in Joshua 6, 17 and 18, now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction. That's talking about Jericho, actually. It and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all who are with her, and you by all means abstain from the cursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. The whole nation came under a curse. They lost a battle, like I said, which they should have won. They'd just seen an amazing victory of a whole wall around a city come down. They rushed in and they took it. And then when they came to something smaller, they lost it. And there was lives lost. There was despair. There was a running away. They came under a curse. The same obedience we start with in our Christian life needs to be the same obedience that we continue with. And we can get familiar and think, well, no, I've got it down. I know how it goes. And maybe I can just give way. But God demands the same obedience. If you just move slightly out of line, God's saying, come back into line. Because you could trouble a family. You could trouble a neighborhood. You could trouble a nation by your sin, by, in a sense, bringing a curse against it, that they will live in a valley of negativity. They could live in a valley of depression. They could live in a valley of hopelessness because of your actions. Does that trouble you this morning? Come on, let it trouble you. So we go, we're not gonna do that. Jesus was troubled. John 12, 27 and 28. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven came saying, I have both glorified it 
and I will glorify it again. What was troubling Jesus? The weight of the sin of the world coming upon him. No wonder he was troubled. He was troubled probably more so because he was going to be separated from his father who couldn't look upon this sin. There was going to be a moment where God would turn his back on him after being in close relationship. But Jesus chose to continue in the will of God, to be obedient to what the Father had said, that God would be glorified and that we would have access into eternal life. God put a stitch in that we could know victory over sin and death. He put a stitch in that we would know healing. And we've got to say to ourselves, are we and have we been translated from the dominion of darkness that comes under the law of sin and death, which is our flesh, or under the law of reason, which is our soul? Have we been translated into the spirit realm of life and peace in the Holy Ghost? We might be saved, but are we healed? We might be saved, but are we delivered? Or we're still battling things underneath, secret sins. And God wants us to be healed. He doesn't want those things to trouble your life and to trouble other people's life. He wants you to be incredibly free. So we're gonna find healing today. I believe by the Spirit of the Lord, there's an amending anointing. God's gonna make sense of the things you can't make sense of. God's gonna answer some of the things you don't even know you're asking. I love that. God answers something that I didn't even ask, but I went, wow, that was a question on my heart, but I didn't know it. That's amazing. I live in the realm of, wow, revelation. This is so exciting. And here we are, as how are we going to do it? We're gonna take a trip to the well. And I just wonder, how often do we go to the well? We're at a well today, but in your personal life, how often do you go to the well? The well for me is a place of grace. When I'm like, God, there's this and this and this. And God says, here's grace, here's wisdom. He whispers into my spirit and I'm like, I got it. I can do that, I can do it with ease. I can do it with flow, I can do it with the joy of the Lord because I've heard you because I've gone to the well, I've gone to seek you. And you know, we can have a very surface Christianity where we don't draw deeply. We just rely on others, and faith of others is great, but it'll run out because it's not your bucket. Come on, it's not yours. You need to dig. And I think it's a season in the church where we're gonna go a lot deeper so we can go a lot higher. And as we go deeper, we'll go wider as a result. I love it when I hear about revolution, um, the uprising. Do you know children have been praying at the gates? And I believe they're reaping because they've invested, because they've been to the well. They've been to that place where we're gonna pray for the school, we're gonna see breakthrough. Doesn't just suddenly happen, it comes on the back of going to the well. And I wanna challenge you today, how often do you go to the well? Things change in God's presence. Luke chapter four, three and four, says Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. Now Samaria to a Jew was a foreign place, it was a hostile place, 
It was a place of opposition, probably a place of danger. And most Jews would choose to go around the edge of Samaria to get to Galilee. But not Jesus that said he needed to go through Samaria. Why did he need to go through Samaria? Because there was a woman who had a whole lot of trouble in his life that he needed to connect with. So he went through Samaria. And it says that Jesus stopped at a well. He stopped at Jacob's well. And Sychar was the name of the well. And the name of the well means something is gonna end and something is gonna begin. I've had that uh, song on my heart. Um, well, now I've just forgotten it. Hang on, it'll come back. It's about the moment everything changes. You are my breakthrough. And I believe God wants to do that today. Something's gonna end for some people. Some disappointment, some argument, some attitude, some hurt. God's gonna wipe it away, he's gonna take it away today and he's gonna replace it with something new. I wanna be new. I wanna be renewed daily so I can enter into the much more that God has for me. It was the end of something for the Samaritan woman. It was the end of her shame. It was the end of her insecurity. It was the end of her isolation. She was a lonely woman. She was at the well by herself. It was the end of her dissatisfaction, trying to feed her flesh in the way that she knew how because she didn't know what was available to her. And it was the beginning of a new life of freedom, of knowing Jesus as her Savior and Lord. And Jesus pulled the, um, the gaping wound together as he disclosed to her, her heart bleed her heart drain, the weakness, the lie, the place she was living from. Where are we living from? Jesus closed the heart wound by offering her living water. John chapter four, 13 to 14. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Do we want just natural water? Or do we want the water that Jesus can offer that can satisfy, that can heal, that can cause life to come forth? Jesus offers us living water, but we don't visit the well. Enough. Don't be condemned if you do. <laughs> But if you're not, if you're just scooping, it's not gonna last you long. It's not gonna go far on the journey. And I believe this is a message to say, come on, we need to tap the well. There's gonna be troubles, but greater is he that's within us than he that is in the world. So sometimes and we need to offer that living water to others, which we're doing. And sometimes God will say, I want you to go through that difficult place. I want you to go to the place you'd rather not go through. I want you to go through that place that you go like, that's just trouble and they're just trouble. Jesus looked at this woman and he said, you're not trouble to me. And I think sometimes we look at people and go, that's trouble. That's trouble. That's trouble. And I felt God said there's some people in here go like, who are saying to themselves, I'm just too much trouble. Who would bother with me? And I wanna tell you today that Jesus bothers with you. Yeah. 
you're not too much trouble to him. This woman could have been troubled to a community. She'd probably broken up some marriages. She'd probably done some really dumb things. But Jesus said, you're not too troubled to me. I'll come through a hostile land for you. I'll come and he's come through the cross for you and I. He's come through that troubled place where his soul was overwhelmed for you and I to live in a place of freedom, but we've got to access it. And if you've got that thought, I'm too much trouble. God just wants to get rid of that. He wants to pull that together and he wants to mend you. This woman became a blessing to the village who came out to meet Jesus as a result of her healing. Because she allowed Jesus to heal her, because she took of the water of life, she had a testimony. She had life that she could pour out and a whole village came to Jesus as a result. Are you gonna take a trip to the well? You know, the trip to the well, Jesus wants to talk to you. I love it. God tells me things I would never, ever have got on my own. I'm not that clever. And he tells me, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Jesus shows me how to do things. Jesus shows me how to prioritize. He shows me what is the most important. He shows me the power of his Holy Spirit. Why would I wanna do things in my own strength when I've got the grace of God? Come on, the well is a place of grace and we need to learn how to drink from it. You know, there's emphasis on education, which is fabulous, on careers, you know, on the mind, on, the, on health. But what about the education of our heart? And people are giving them their hearts to the wrong things, what they watch, what they think, what they do, and not realizing that out of your life, in Proverbs chapter four, it says, flows the issues of life, out of your heart. And we're giving all this credence to education, naturally. But what about spiritually? And many people are giving their hearts or their, to fantasy, to corruption, to deceit, and wonder why they're in trouble. We're gonna be in trouble and whatever your issues are, are gonna be the issue that comes out of your life. What do you want to come out of your life? Do you want it to be health? Do you want it to be wisdom? Do you want it to be the love of God, salvation, healing? Or do you want it to be a bad taste, bitterness, mixture, compromise? How about we educate our heart? Holy Spirit, educate my heart. Educate my heart. I've had to let go of things. We can have all sorts of things like comparisons and you know little things or bitterness. It's like, no, you've got to let them go. I've got to educate my heart how to be healthy. We've got to watch that issue. If we don't watch that issue or that flow of our life, it'll affect our children. You know, we want people to catch healing, faith from us. In Kids Church, we've been talking to the children because it's so important that heaven is in my heart. You know, heaven doesn't have to start way out, you know, in eternity. It starts right now. We start living in the reality. And I said, who thinks heaven is a quiet place? And they all go, yes, because I think we all think, oh, heaven, oh, whew, no more worries, which is true. That'll be quiet. But actually, heaven is full of song. Heaven is full of praise. And the difference is we have a quiet spirit. 
but we have a loud praise because there's room. If you have a noisy spirit, and we're aiming to minister to the children, which we're doing, that they can feel confident. They can be delighted in who they are in Jesus. They can know the power of God with them wherever they are. And as their spirits are quietening, we're seeing the children's lives being amplified. There's loud praise without them saying anything because they're confident. They're praying for one another. They're praying for the venue because heaven is in their heart. And we went on to do a video series that I created, Heaven, because heaven's in my heart, this is what I do. And we talked about Arthur Stace in Sydney, a man whose spirit was quietened. All the disappointment, all the hurt, all the rejection went at salvation. Just a very simple soul. And he went around Sydney writing eternity. He wrote it 500,000 times in the city. That was his expression from a quiet spirit. His praise was amplified. It was amplified so much that on the millennial over Sydney Harbour Bridge, the fireworks came out and spelt eternity. God amplified his praise because he had a quiet, because he had heaven in his heart. What have we got in our heart today? Bustle, hustle. And that happens because that's life. Or have we got heaven and heaven? Come on, let's watch over our heart with all diligence because out of that is going to flow the issues of life. God wants to connect. Sometimes God just wants to stop us in our tracks. Have you found that sometimes? Psalm 23, verse 1 and 2. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Sometimes if we won't lie down, he'll make us lie down. There'll be circumstances that he'll make us lie down in. I think God sometimes just gets a hook like a shepherd and pulls us back. Why? Because we're often at rivers that are running too fast for us. And sometimes our emotions are running too fast. Sometimes our situations are running too fast. And Jesus said, I want to draw you back. I want you to lie down in green pastures and beside still waters because I want to restore your soul. I want to pull you together. I want to put that thread of healing in your life. I want to mend that gaping wound. I want you to stop bleeding in that place that bleeds all over and causes trouble for others. I want you to be whole. And so sometimes God has said to me, I felt the hook. I felt the shepherd. Come on, slow it down, Helen. Come with me. And what I've found is a place of grace. I had another point of, it's a place of faith and focus. But time's gone. And I just believe God is here to minister deeply into hearts, to say, you're not too much trouble. I'm here for you. And if you don't get this right, it's going to affect other people. It's going to be the flow out of your life. But I want you to carry an anointing, an anointing of healing, the mending anointing that preaches the good news to the poor, that heals the brokenhearted, that sets at liberty those who are bound. Come on, we've got that same anointing. So let's make sure we go to the well. 
What's your devotional life like? Here's the song. This is the moment. Everything changes. You are my breakthrough at the well. Something is going to end and something is going to begin. Maybe you thought, sometimes you've got to say, what am I saying? And sometimes we're still hemorrhaging, we just listen to our words. We don't appropriate the healing and we talk it away with our words. And you can see that people are still hemorrhaging, there's not faith, there's doubt, there's fear. But we need to take a trip to the world well and learn how to speak faith because Jesus only speaks faith, He only speaks purpose, He only speaks delight, He only speaks love, He only speaks compassion so you can get up, have that quiet spirit that you can minister in power. We need to go to the well. We need to push through. We need to break through. Let's not be double-minded. In James chapter one, verse five and eight, just says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, as he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let's ask believing. How about we stand? Just find your place. Come on, just find your place with God right now. Come on, just find that place of grace where God is reaching out to you. God says you're not too much bother. You're not too much trouble. Come to the well and I can lift off you all that heaviness, all that weariness, all that confusion, all that struggle. I can take it from you. I'm just gonna let the Holy Spirit minister. Maybe just identify, maybe some unfinished business, some unresolved issue and say, Jesus, I'm coming to the well today and something's gonna end and something's gonna begin. This is the end of it. I'm leaving it there and I'm gonna enter into the new life that you have for me. We're gonna pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you that we stand before you today, Lord God. Father, that we stand Father God, acceptable in your sight. That Father, you speak of us as beloved. Lord, as the apple of your eye. Jesus, the one that you died for and laid down your life for. And Father, I pray right now, Lord God, where there are issues. Lord, where there are unresolved areas. Father, where there's pain and where there's a heart bleed or a heart drain. Lord, where there might be condemnation. 
Father, we thank You today that You want to put that thread of healing through that in the Name of Jesus, that You wanna pull it together. Lord God, that Father, that they would know the healing and the mending touch, that know the Spirit of God, Father, ministering. So Father, right now, we just declare by faith that something is gonna end. Lord God, something's gonna end in the Name of Jesus because we're at the well of salvation, that You have traveled through a hostile place so we can be free, that we can be forgiven, that we can know the mending and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We thank You in a moment that You can release us from all affliction, from all negativity, from all resistance, all stubbornness. Lord God, You can take it off us. You wanna lift it off us by the anointing of Your Holy Spirit, that we can leave free today, free and filled in the Name of Jesus, free to pursue, free to do Your will, free, Lord God, to um, enter into all the promises of God. We speak life, we speak health, we speak wholeness, we speak, Lord God, the flow of the Holy Spirit. We speak health that people won't seek us out because, Lord God, we've got an anointing from You that we've got a quiet spirit that amplifies Your praise because of what You've done for us. God, we thank You in the Name of Jesus. Thank You, Lord God. Just receive right now. Come on, put a stake in the ground. Be like the woman with the issue of blood. She pushed right through and she took it. And then follow up with thanksgiving. Follow up with gratitude. And after the service, the prayer team are gonna be here. And if you want someone to stand with you in your confession of faith, the prayer team is happy to do that, to help you and under the anointing of God with words of knowledge and prophecy, bring things to a conclusion that you might go forth. Right down, I believe there's an anointing. God wants us to move with that anointing that we read about in Isaiah 61 verse one to three that we can say. And I wonder if we can read it all together as it comes up on the screen. And you apply it to yourself. How many people need a stitch in time? There's a saying, a stitch in time saves nine. And if you don't put a stitch in your hem when it's gonna fall down, it eventually unravels. You might be the person that can put a stitch of healing of mending into someone else that's about to fall apart or has already fallen apart, who's about to unravel. You could be the one that says something to them. I love it when people say, when you said this. Sometimes it's just a sentence, but it's an anointed sentence. So how about we read it out with belief, with faith, that today we have moved into a better place of letting go, that we can pick up the anointing of God. Think we can read it together? Read it with conviction. Come on, let your heart move. Don't be cold, don't be indifferent. Jesus doesn't look at anybody and says, you're trouble. I don't wanna look at anybody and say, you're trouble. You never lock eyes with someone who doesn't matter to God. And sometimes they've brought trouble on themselves only because of grief and loss, anger and fear. Maybe they've done some things because of that, but they need healing. So let's read it together. The Spirit of the Lord God 
Oh, are you reading? <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, I won't stop. Okay, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, maybe that's not showing, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. How about lifting your hands? Father, we receive that anointing by faith right now in the name of Jesus. Father, that we would see as you see. Father, that we would do what you would do. Father, we thank you that it's not in our own effort, but it's in the anointing, the Word of God, the good news. Lord, the healing touch, the acceptance, Lord God. Father, the education, Lord God, as we talk about heart. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you have anointed us, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and you will quicken us. Right now, just receive that anointing. I want to bring healing, to bring health, to bring well-being. Just open your spirit now to the spirit of prophecy. That just as Jesus spoke into that woman that you're gonna be able to speak, come on, let's move further than where we've been. Well, let's just go that little bit further. Let's take the risk. Let's walk through the paths that are hard. Right now, in Jesus' Name. Thank You, Lord God. We release that spirit of prophecy, Lord God, that um, spirit of faith, that spirit of exhortation, Lord, in the Name of Jesus. Thank You, Lord God. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Take a trip to the well. Everything changes. This isn't a moment, everything changes.